I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Chris Craddock. We all know the common assumption that investors and agents often don't work well together, or at the very least, they're hesitant to partner on deals. Well, Chris spends much of his day coaching agents and investors on why and how that's a misassumption that can result in a sizable percentage of your bottom line on the table unrealized. Investors spend so much of their time curating and contacting potential leads, but what happens when those leads don't turn into deals? What happens when the answer is no? Far too often, this scenario results in the investors abandoning those leads and letting them die in a CRM or Excel spreadsheet or elsewhere. In this episode, Chris breaks down how the right partnership with the right agent can help make both parties money and turn those quote-unquote failed leads into actual income for your business. I hope that in this interview, you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. And now, here's my conversation with Chris. All right, guys. Uh, welcome today. To, uh, we have Chris Craddock on the show. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. Awesome. Yeah, super excited to have you here. Excited to dig into the topic. Um, yeah, and hear your perspective. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, let's let's do let's dig right in. Let's t- uh, cover a little bit first, Chris. A little bit about you and your background to give my listeners a bit of a chance to um, hear how you got started in the real estate world um, and how long how long ago that was. How long you been in the game? Yeah. So uh, early two thousands when I graduated from college, I, I got married. Uh, right before I graduated, honestly. And uh, um, when I was staffed with an organization called Young Life, I loved Young Life. It was awesome. It changed my yeah, life. I know but, Young uh, Life. Awesome. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was incredible. So I, I was on staff there, but man, I, I live in the DC area and anybody that knows living in the DC area, you know, I made 20 grand a year and, and you can't really live on 20 grand a year. So went to the library because, well, it was before really Google was, was an average thing. You know, and, yep. uh, and so I just went to the library, checked out every book on investing. I read every book that I, I could find in like a week. Like I just, I'm an online kind of guy. And then I just ran out, like went out, found anybody that had a house in distress and just started knocking on their doors. And it was crazy. I, I mean, I just didn't know anything really, but I, I've always said massive and perfect action, right? Massive and perfect action. So um so I just started knocking on doors and made uh, about 20, uh, 12 times what I made in a year in about four months. And I was like, this is, this is awesome. This is yeah. great. And yeah. so I kind of continued doing ministry stuff. I uh, had more kids and anybody knows anything about kids knows that uh, it makes your money disappear really, really fast. <laughs> and uh, so started investing again and uh, just to make ends meet. And at the, while I was doing ministry, I'd always led large teams. So I'd gone back to school. I'd gotten a doctorate in leadership. I always loved leading people and uh, helping people accomplish big things. And so I came across Gary Keller's book, uh, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, and read that book. And it just made sense. So I started building a real estate team, I guess now, but now it's December 2014, and I started building a real estate team. And... A couple of years in, we had a lot of success, 
And I realized that I started in the investor world and there is just so much synergy between investors and agents. But for whatever reason, agents tend to live in one corner, investors tend to live in another corner. Definitely. And we just started building this synergistic relationship and it helped just catapult our retail team, helped us make a lot of money on investing and also helped us partner with a lot of investors and help them make a lot more money. And it just, yeah, it was incredible. Well, that's awesome. So, um, you, I mean, when you said that real estate, when you looked at it and you started building a team, real estate, you, you read uh, Gary Keller's book and it, it real estate just made sense. Help me understand that a little bit more. Why did it make sense for you? Why did that look like an avenue that you should press into? Well, uh, for me, when I'm just always looking for a path, right? Something clear. I always, you know, I always say imitate that innovate, right? And so when I read the, the, uh, millionaire real estate agent book, which I think is just an incredible book. All of a sudden, I saw that if you can lead people well, that if you can help people, you know, Zig Ziglar says, you can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want in life. And so if you can create a system to help a lot of people make a lot of money and do like create a great career, that you can make a lot of money and, and create a great career. And so I just saw the path. And it resonated with the giftings that I felt like I have is just helping people, encouraging people, giving them a vision, giving them something to live into. And, and it just was, was so fun. So yeah, I started running with it and, um, you know, started building this team. So that was, that was kind of what happened that, that really sparked that idea inside of me. Awesome. Awesome. So, okay. So that gives me a little bit more context for your background and how you got, um, yeah, involved in real estate, but what are you up to today? What are you doing now? Yeah. So now, you know, I've, I have my, my retail team that kind of is the, the flywheel for everything. Um, last year we did just under 170 million in volume. Um, you know, I, I also own a title company, I have an insurance company, I own a construction company. Um, there's something called legal shield. I am a coach for wholesaling Inc with the product REI revive, where I teach people how to do what I do. Um, you know, our, my, my wife runs a, a mortgage branch. So we just have, and then I've got flipping and wholesaling and uh, I've got a buy and hold investment portfolio as well. So, um, you know, we just have this, this whole portfolio of businesses that are all around um, the real estate business. Okay. So, I mean, when you say like your retail team, are you a broker then and you have agents underneath you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm an agent. We did, uh, my team, I have 21 agents that work for me. Um, and yeah, last year we did just over 500 transactions. And awesome. so, yeah, that, that's what it looks like. Really cool. Um, well that's, that's awesome, Chris. I want to dig a little bit more into what you had mentioned as far as, um, cause this is, it's so true. And I think anybody who's, um, involved in real estate understands that, yeah, it feels like agents live in one corner investors live in the other. And you can kind of find every once in a while this unicorn that feels like someone lives in the middle. It's like, okay, well, they're an, maybe they're an investor themselves or they've worked with a lot of investors and they kind of understand the needs um, of an investor while still performing the role of an agent. Um, but that's it's hard to come by. And um, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. I mean, why is that in your experience? Have you found that there are kind of two different corners and how does somebody bridge that gap? Well, a lot of times, so there's a lot of different pieces to it. So I think investors tend to be um, much more okay with fixed costs and hate and, and, and are not excited about variable costs. Agents are, are very excited about variable costs 
but not excited about fixed costs. And what I mean by that is fixed costs is just money upfront. Like investors are willing to pay a fortune on marketing um, upfront because they're like, man, I'm I'm willing to roll the dice. I'm willing to go all in, right? And agents, on the other hand, they're like, I don't want to pay that money, but I'll give a big commission. I'll give a split of my commission um, once I close it, right? They want a little bit more certainty. Investors are okay with less certainty. Agents tend to want more certainty. And so there's this, this relationship that can come together there. That's one. Number two is investors you know, tend to not... Like, like they're just ready, fire, aim kind of people most a lot of times, right? Like they get into it and they're like, hey, I can make some money. Let's let's get it going. And a lot of times when you're just starting as an investor, you have no new idea what you're doing. And, you know, just you know, end, up, end up doing stuff that, that you probably shouldn't do or have bad contracts or or bad, like poorly written contracts. And then investors see agents, they think that they've been through all this training and everything else. Well, the real out here's, I'm going to pull behind, pull back the curtain for a second, is most agent training, it's 60 hours and it's literally less than what people have to do to cut hair in most states. Right. Right. So, so it's yeah. like not real training, but agent, but investors tend to think that agents have done all this training and stuff. Now there is some training and there's work on, on contracts, writing a good contract. There's, uh, you know, you are held accountable to your broker to make sure that you're you're doing stuff correctly. There's there's more accountability in the agent world, um, which you know agents tend to get scared if they don't know what they're doing. Which they want again, they want more certainty. So if there's something new like a a wholesaling or a novation or you know just just some sort of a, an option there that they're not as familiar with, they'll be a little bit more nervous about it than uh, than other investors do. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, when when you're you said you have, you know, uh, how many agents did you say you have working for you? Twenty one. So you have twenty one agents under you. As you, te- I'm sure there's some uh, degree of um, coaching that you give them as they come and work with you. Um, and ha- are are you coaching them towards that? Are you coaching them towards do- making that making that relationship work better? Because um, I'm sure that there are agents who stay. Yeah, for all the, a lot of reasons you mentioned, stay very far away from uh, investors and and don't want to work with them. Um, I'm and I'm sure you coach that differently. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That you say no, we want to work with investors, and here's how you do that. How do you how do you coach that? How do you teach that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what we found is for most investors, I mean, just think about it. You mark let let's just let's pick any medium, right? Like direct mail, right? So I send out a ton of direct mail. I get twenty calls in a month. Or, or I get, let's say I get 50 calls and 20 of them say, I want to sell my house in the next six months, right? They've raised their hand and said, I want to sell. Well, out of the 20, maybe four of them are going to sell at a discount, right? They'll, they'll sell at some sure. sort of discount. And out of the four, let's just say you close one of them. So you get 20 people that have raised their hand and said, I'll sell in the next six months and you're going to get paid one time, right? So what happens on the other 19 people that are going to sell? You, you're not going to make any money. Some other investor that's going to pay way too much or some other real estate agent who is going to list it on the open market is going to get paid and you don't get paid. You have control of that lead. You have control of that deal because of the fact that they called you and they raised their hand and said, I want to sell. I, I'd like to sell. But you only can get paid once. Well, what do you do about the other 19? And so that's where I created REI Revive because 
all these investors that tried and tried and tried to partner, they're like, oh, I'll send it to an agent. Hey, do you want to talk to a real estate agent? And then they, the invest, the person that's selling says, no, my brother's uncle's an agent, right? right There's right. more real estate agents than there are active listings, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk to a real estate agent. And so you have to phrase it well. You have to set it up well, or people just say no, because they called to talk to an investor. And then if you just send the agent without the agent understanding scripts to, to flip that into a listing where you can get paid and, and the investor can get paid, then the people feel like they've been baited and switched. So yeah. you just it's a very, very gentle process all the way through to get make sure that the agent can walk them through and understand. And also, here's the other thing. Why does somebody call an agent? I'll, 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 and again, I'll... I'll just share this and then I'll stop talking. I feel like I'm talking too much. But no, this <laughs> but, uh, is good. That's exactly what this is for. I need I want your perspective. Yep. Fair enough. All right. So people call an investor for five reasons, right? Everybody knows if you sell your car, you sell your car on Craigslist, you're gonna make more than if you turn in your car to a dealership, right? So um people know they're gonna make less money when they sell to an investor, but they're like, man, if, if I can get one of these reasons solved or two or three of these reasons solved, one, they don't want to pay a commission to a real estate agent. Two, they want to sell quick, right? They, maybe they got a foreclosure coming, uh, maybe a job moving, maybe just whatever the reason is. They need to sell quick. Three, they think their house is way too jacked up to sell in the MLS. Four, they want privacy. Maybe they're a hoarder and their house is just nasty and on the outside, it's, it's great but they don't want their neighbors to see what it looks like on the inside, right? We see that all the time. And then five is they don't want people coming through in all hours during the day, right? They, they're, they're worried. They just want convenience. So when I sold my, my car, I had a, uh, I had a car that I sold when I bought my, my truck. And um, I, I knew I could have made about $2,500 more if I would have sold it on Craigslist, but I'm like, I don't want people coming over to my house and, test driving my car and kicking the tires and trying to beat me up over a couple bucks. I'm like, I'm just going to trade it in. I got way other, way too many other important things to do. And so the, I, I took the convenience route and I, I accepted 2,500 bucks less just to go and just be done with it. And so that's when you understand that, then you realize this is why they're willing to talk to an investor. And most people have an agent they would go with if they were going to go with an agent. And so that's why you have to really be intentional on how you set up this agent relationship and how you set it up. Cause I mean, I've just got too many investor friends. They've all like tried to kick stuff over to agents and they don't do it. I was just talking to a buddy of mine who's up in uh, Michigan and he's like, Chris, and he does like 40, 40 wholesale deals a month. Like he does a lot. And he was like, Chris, it is so much more rare when I do get paid. When I see a check come over, a referral check, he's like, it's shocking to me that I'm actually getting one um, rather than, you know, the fact, because we just send so many of these out to agents, it never happens. And so that's when I was like, brother, that's because your system's broke. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, that that all makes a lot of sense. I think that, um, I think you're right on with those five reasons. I mean, I've seen all of those things play out for sure. So when you talk about um, an, an investor making sure that uh, that they understand those points of pain that uh, that uh, uh, someone who's selling their home is coming to them with and how that can help them, uh, yeah, turn a, a lead into a deal, 
Um, But when you talk about then the relationship between the investor and the agent, I'm still not connecting the dots there. So you you broke down those five reasons of why someone would call an investor over an agent. But then how does then the the relationship between the investor and the agent come into that? You're saying it's it's if the the deal's not right for the investor, so they pass that on to the agent? Yeah, if it's not going to go through, right? So so here's, I mean, I'll break down like what I teach in REI Revive. First, first is um, you got to go find a great agent, right? You got to find an amazing agent. If you don't have a great agent, then you're just, you're hitting off. And everybody thinks, oh, this agent's produced a lot of stuff. Well, it doesn't matter. You need to find somebody happy, hungry, humble, and smart. If it doesn't fit all of those, it doesn't work. And if you find somebody that does a lot of deals, they may not be hum- humble. Just know that. Like if they're not going to follow the system, if they think they know everything, they may, may not be humble. So you can't just say, oh, they've done well here. So it's going to work. And when right? you say find a good agent, I want to hear you continue to break that down. But when you say find a good agent, you're talking about as an investor, find a good agent to partner with for the deals that don't go through, that don't work for you to pass along to. 100%. Okay. okay. 100%. Because And just know that that agent is going to dictate the difference in your business. So I've got a wholesaler up here where I built this system around that literally we send about $62,000 a month in referral fees, right? They're, they're a big wholesaler and they do a lot of business, but let's, let's be honest, $62,000 in a month, like that's three quarters of a million dollars a year that changes somebody's, and these are leads that they were going to do nothing with. Right. Right. They're right. going to die in their CRM. So three quarters of a million dollars, I'm telling you, with no extra overhead, that is life changing for any business. Now, we also see brand new wholesalers. Like I'm, I'm talking about people that have never done a deal that jump in on this. And because they have leads coming in, they're getting big referral uh, checks every single month as well. So it works for everybody from the brand new guy to the big, massive guy. Well, so the whole thing is you got to find the right agent. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. You got to find the right agent. When you find the right agent, you need to figure out the criteria of leads, right? <clears throat> Somebody comes in and you realize they're not going to be a good fit for you. Or maybe you made an offer. And, and I'll, I'll, give, I'll share another little uh, fun little stat is if you have uh, inbound marketing coming in, inbound calls coming in from like direct mail, radio, TV, um, just something where people are calling you, after you make an offer, five days later, your chances of closing that is less than 5%. It just, it just is. Now, if you go outbound, uh, cold calling, you know, voicemail drops, link, uh, uh, text, where you're going out, you have 10 days after you make an offer. And, and I think the reason why is because you're kind of catching them more off guard. They're not calling you. They're not as hot. So they may need to think about it longer. But after 10 days, you have less than a 5% chance of closing those deals. And so once you're once you're at that point, they'll start ghosting you. They'll start, you know, all the other stuff. And so that's where you are able to set up this agent, set up that other person to come in, you know, the way you phrase it, the way you set it up. Um, you do that with those that you've already made the offer to. And then the other ones, so maybe there's four that that are going to sell at a discount. Well, you know, out of 20, well, you know that the other, you know, 
uh, 16, they're still going to sell, but they're going to probably sell retail because they want 97 cents on the dollar, 100 cents on the dollar, whatever it is. So right from the get-go, that's where you can make that connection and let the agent get in there and really close those deals up. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and I think that that um, I think you're right on. That's those referral fees. Yeah, that's that's powerful, and and that that should be paid attention to. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I think that um, if I, when you when you say, I mean, you broke down really well, kind of what the importance is of finding the right agent. Um, but how do you do that? I mean, where where how do you how do you see those relationships best being formed? Is that in just a local real estate association? Is that connecting online? I mean, how do you how do you make those partnerships and find the right people? And then once you find somebody, how do you vet them and make sure that you know that they have the happy, hungry, humble, smart. How do you know they have that? Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's some easy stuff. Like I teach this in, in, uh, revive. I, I, I teach how to do this, but here's, here's a couple tools. Um, if you want to find a great agent, just go to one of your local, uh, Facebook investor groups and just click on there and just say, Hey, um, I'm looking for a an agent or an investor friendly real estate agent. Who do you know? Well, you're going to get blown up by every agent, yeah. everybody. But then you just start vetting them. If if they haven't done at least 15 deals in the last year, then you don't even want to talk to them. Okay. And then after the, after you see that they've done 15 deals, that's when you start your interview process, and that's where you interview on how to make sure that they're happy, that they're hungry, that they're humble, and they're smart. So that's, that's the whole piece there. So happy, you know, if they're not happy people, it's just a matter of time before they're going to get bitter. They're going to say, yeah. oh, this referral fee is too much. If they're not hungry, like, frankly, they can be nice, but you want somebody that's hungry because if they're not hungry, then you're not going to eat, right? Like they, they got to go out and get it done. Um, humble. Now, don't, don't mistake um, confidence for humility, like a lack of humility, because that, that's just a huge, huge thing. You sure. can be massively confident, but humility is, are you willing to learn from other people? Are you willing to, to be humble enough to, to be a learner and to grow? And I'll tell you, so many big teams, they're like, oh, no, I know how to do this. And then they go in and meet with somebody that's a, a motivated seller that wanted to talk to an investor, break out their listing presentation. And the seller's like, I didn't want to talk to an agent. Like, that's not it. And so if they're not willing to learn the script, then that doesn't work. And it's smart. You know, one of my favorite books is Keith Cunningham's uh, The Road Less Stupid. And one of the things he says, he, he, he just talks about paying the stupid tax, right? Like all of us are going to make mistakes, but when we make the mistake, do we learn from it? Or are we going to just pay the stupid tax over and over again, which is very expensive in this business? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, stupid tax. I, that's that. I like that term. That's funny. The um. So when when you talk about referral fees, I mean, you know, some of those numbers can really add up, and that can be really uh, game changing for a business. What? How does somebody estimate or evaluate like what a referral fee should be? I mean, what's fair? What makes sense? Um, how would somebody go about? Yeah, doing that for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it should be somewhere between 25 and 40%, depending on the deal, um, you know, and, and, and here, here's where it is. So 25 uh, to 40% of the, of, of the commission that the agent of makes? What the real estate agent makes as a commission. Oh, wow. That's they, higher than I would have guessed. Okay. So, so here's the crazy thing. You know, we, we sold uh, $12,000 houses in Baltimore, right? And, you know, we, we took a $4,000 flat fee on that plus two and a half percent for the buyer's agent. So, we made four grand on that deal. Like, I think there's 
business decisions. So people are like, oh, it doesn't work in my area because our houses are like 60 grand. And I'm like, no, it does. It does. If you uh, if you just have a minimum that you're willing to take, then it absolutely does. You know, and uh, and, you know, we also sell like one point six million dollar houses, you know, or, or like in the D.C. area. So um, that that's kind of our corridor here. And so that's that's the whole piece there is. Um, there can be a lot of money to be made. So if you let's just say it's twenty five percent, and you uh, um, and, and you do a four thousand dollars flat fee, I mean you're still making a thousand bucks for just handing off a lead. I mean it doesn't take long to zero base your marketing, right? It doesn't take long at all, right? You let, let's say you spend five grand a month on, on marketing, you know you just five of those leads, five of those uh, nineteen that you didn't do anything with, um, the agent closes. All of a sudden, your marketing is completely paid for, and anything you make is profit. Mm, yeah. Um, it, so, okay, 25, 40%. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's, it's higher than I thought. Um, that's interesting. And that's something that, I mean, agents would expect. It's not something that if, if they threw if out that number, that agent, yeah, I don't know. That's something that an agent would expect to pay that, that high of a price back to you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But here's the other thing. If you are not licensed as a real estate agent, they can't pay you the referral fee. So there's ways to get that oh, done. It's a lot more in depth. Um, I do think that every investor should, and this this is a very controversial thing. So um, I know lots of people feel differently about this. I think every investor should get licensed. We're already seeing states where if you're doing, whole, I just talked to a guy uh, in Illinois earlier today that if you do more than one wholesale deal a year, um, there's a $25,000 fine. And actually, I, I think they said even jail time. I, 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 don't, I don't know if that jail time thing for, for sure, but um, there are, are states that are starting to require um, that if you are going to do wholesale deals, that you are going to have to get licensed. And frankly, I do not believe wholesaling as we know it is going to exist in the next like three years. I don't think the, the retail uh, business as we know it is going to exist. I think there's going to be a coming together of that, which is why hedge funds mm. and like you see the Zillows and, uh, um, you know, Redfins and all of these big companies, they're doing these instant offers because they know this is coming together. And so you can either be way behind the curve or know this is coming and start working towards it now. Well, break that down a little bit for me. What do you mean by those things are merging together? What when you say it won't exist uh, like it does today? How will it exist? What will wholesaling look like in your estimation? Well, I think that people are going to want a uh, people are going to want more off more options, right? I, I just I think that that's where it's going okay. to yeah. need. Okay, yeah. Think sellers will be demanding more options of who to go to and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the the fees are going to be compressed as technology gets mm-hmm. out there. People are going to are going to be willing to sell for more and more like like there's going to be less of a of a discount on on things. And so that's where I think mm-hmm. that this coming together of the retail side and the investor side is really the future of what's going to happen here. Um, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, so when, when you talk about uh, REI Revive and, and what you teach there is kind of what is one of the main core tenets of what you teach there how to how to boost your business through this referral fee process and how to get your leads um, I'm sure you phrase it more like how to get leads that were dead in the water to transition into actual cash uh, for you and your business uh, is that something that you teach a kind of a core piece yeah I mean here's, here's what I teach I teach how do you evaluate your leads like they come in what do you do with the ones that are dead and I'll tell you most investors they just throw them in their CRM yeah, and right. if 
And then the new investors don't even have CRM. So yeah, right, <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. get a CRM, right? Like you're, yeah. you're leaving you know, money on the table. So, um, so that's the thing, you know, they, they throw them on the CRM. So how do you evaluate those? How do you evaluate the ones that have, that you've already made offers on? Um, Cause people are f- afraid to cannibalize their own leads. Well, what happens? You know, I don't want to give this off if I'm going to, if they're going to come back and say, yeah, I'll accept your oh, offer. Sure. Yeah. So that's where you're going to need to look at those numbers. And, and I'll tell you, you're going to make a whole heck of a lot more if you are regularly getting paid than you are for that like one right. one off where somebody comes back and says, hey, yeah, and, and you make 25 grand on it. Um, so that's a huge deal there. The second thing is, uh, so, so we go through, teach people how to evaluate it, teach you how to find a great agent. Um, and then the second part of it is we teach the agent how to close because if these agents go in and they try to treat it like a regular deal, it doesn't work. So it's, it's part one is with the investor. Part two is teaching the partner agent how to close so they can close at a high rate. So when you say, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. When you, when you were talking to one of your, um, I think you said a buddy uh, in another area who's wholesaling said like, man, my, I never get my referral fees. And you said, that means your process is broken how would that um, just what what would that look like when his process is broken? He's not getting his fees back. What's what's broken in his process, and how can somebody who's interested in doing something like this and helping get their leads turned turned into money for for their bottom line? I mean, what what can they do to make sure they're getting theirs? What what can they do to set up in their process um, the opportunity to get it more often? Pick the right agent. That's huge. Um, better on your scripting. That's huge. Um, you know, make sure that the, uh, the handoff goes well. Don't just, you know, you, you got to hand it off correctly. Um, that's huge. Um, and make sure that the agent that you chose is using the right scripts and dialogues. Okay. So you're actually partnering with your agent to say, Hey, this is the kind of lead it is. Here's how you talk to them. Here's how you work with them. And maybe that's where you were saying earlier that like the humility comes into play, that they'll work with that system and fall into that script and say, yeah, no, okay. I, I mean, I, I, I know a lot about this area, but you probably know more about this. So I'm happy to follow that script if it converts the leads. Yeah. Like I, I straight up, I teach the agent how to talk to sellers. Like that is part of the, hmm. the program is there are modules just for the agent saying, Hey, once you're in the house or here's how you do your prequel call, once you're in the house, here's what you say. And then here's, here's how you get this done. And, and frankly, I mean, sometimes, you know, people like agents are getting like seven, eight, 9% commissions on it as well. So that that's the other piece is, um, you know, they're, they're getting bigger commissions. Well, how are they doing that? How would they get a higher commission there? Well, here's the thing. If, if you're, if you are coming in as a regular agent, then you are not going to, uh, you, you're going to be talking about commission. Right. If you come in as somebody that's solving their problems, think about you. Like, here's the deal: the people that solve problems are the people that make the most money. So, uh, you know, I've had four shoulder surgeries, played rugby and wrestled and all the other stuff, and have my and soccer goalkeeper. So, I I had my shoulders just beat up as a kid, and uh, uh, I, you know, my left shoulder was bugging me. The one I had three three surgeries on my left one, one on my right. Um, the one I had three surgeries on, I go in, the doctor starts playing with it, and and uh, ends up like moving it, doing this thing called the crank test. And I literally started screaming, like it just hurt. And then he did it again, right? And he's like, yep, yeah, your labrum's all jacked up again. And I was like, great, now this is awesome. 
And so basically what he did was diagnose the problem and they gave me a prescription, told me what, what I needed to do to solve the problem. And so this, if we go in and we're just an agent, we're, we're cookie cutter agent, then there's an answer to it. Okay, what's the commission, all the other stuff. But if we go in and say, okay, here's your problem. Here's how we're going to solve your problem. You want to make, let's just say 250 on the house. 100, you're going to walk away with 250,000 on this house. And let's say we list it for, you know, 275 um, so that all the other commissions are being paid by the buyer. Um, boom, you're good to go. So that that's it. You know, all the other, you don't say commissions, all the other fees are being paid by the buyer. Um, you're good to go. And we're, we're all set. So you're talking about what they want and able, how I'm going to get you what you want. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, it, this is all super helpful, Chris. I mean, I, this is an area that I, I just haven't ever really, yeah, thought about or looked into of like how to turn, how to turn those, those deals that, um, that aren't deals that you think are dead in the water and how to still get cash out of them and how to partner with somebody else and help them also, um, succeed and get what they want and do more deals themselves. Um, and I imagine as you're, as you're breaking that last part down, I imagine as you try to find the right kind of agent, I mean, you've touched on it several times and it's so clear why it's so important to find the right kind of agent who has the right uh, characteristics and character. And one of those things being humility and understanding, because you're looking for somebody who's been successful, who's done a lot of deals. And then you tell them, here's how you do this. Like here's do it, do it this way instead. Um, because you know, I, I have this part down. And so to find somebody that's both successful and is going to do the job well, but also um, is humble enough to like partner with you in that process and hear your thoughts and ideas. I'm sure that's a, that's a delicate balance and important to find the right person. Um, so let me, let me also hear uh, Chris from you a little bit. Uh, let's shift away from, from that topic and talk a little bit more about uh, you and, and your background a little bit. I, what I like to ask my guests and understand from them is um, what you've done in your uh, real estate journey that has helped in your education. Like what's one of the best thing that things that you've done that has helped you uh, grow in your real estate journey, get, take your business to the next level. Um, I hear from all different guests, all different types of things of like, well, cause like I said uh, earlier is a lot of my listeners are, are beginning investors and they're just doing this right. They're like, okay, where's the content? Like, what can I digest? What can I do to really, really grow my understanding? So what's something that used you, you, have done that's been really helpful? <clears throat> well, I have two things. So one, I'm naturally a night person. Um, that's just, I, I mean, heck, I like staying up late and I yeah. eat all the other stuff and I'm a great salesperson. So I can sell you and I can sell myself on why working at night is better. I'm more creative. I'm more awake. I'm less groggy, all the other reasons out there. But listen, success leaves clues. And I do not know, somebody's going to tell me at some point, somebody that is like massively successful, yeah. but I haven't found them yet. Right. And so if success leaves clues and almost every person that's massively successful, um, has a morning routine, gets it done, then I probably should stop saying, no, no, I'm different, you know, and I'm yeah. selling myself my own BS. <laughs> yeah. Um, so having a morning routine and in my morning routine, I wake up early. I, I write down my goals. I, I write my journal. I uh, pray for people I care about. I, you know, I'm a Christian guy, so I read my Bible every morning. I work out every morning, and while I'm do, while I'm working out, I'm also listening to either a podcast or an audible book. I'm investing in myself. Like I, I usually read, well, listen to two, about two books a month, 
and, you know, crank through a ton of podcasts um, in the morning, right? Anytime I've got like downtime, I'm learning. I'm, I'm working on that. The second thing is this. I spend a massive amount of money. So I, uh, I spend, uh, I, I work to spend about 10% of what I make in, uh, um, in personal development and what I take home in personal development. So last year I, I, I spent well over six figures on um, masterminds and coaching and just other things that help me develop because there's really, it, it, you should pay for speed in this business. You really should. I can take 10 years to figure it out um, or I can do it really, really quickly. Like literally if I, I was talking with somebody the other day, if I could take what I know now and, and insert it into Chris from five years ago, somebody's like, what would you pay to do that? And I was like, thought about it. I'm like, man, I'd pay a million bucks. I'd probably pay more yeah. than a million bucks. Like, it, like if you can, if you can just really compress these decades into days, if you can see sure. here's the path, like, I think that's, that's the real key there. So those are the two things, my morning routine and just pay for masterminds, pay for a relationship, pay for um, education so that somebody will show you how to get there faster. Yeah, no, that's really good. I think that that's uh, such helpful insight to say that, um, you know, it's, it's often, it's, of course, it's just tough. That's why people don't do it. It's tough to, uh, invest in yourself. It's tough to, instead of putting num numbers actually into marketing, to put numbers into, uh, cash into a mastermind or into coaching. Um, but how that can come back in multiples, uh, I, you know, I've seen it myself and I, I, I know that a lot of people have seen it in them as well. And I think that's really helpful insight. You, you did say something there that clues into my next question is a good segue is like, if you could go back and, uh, pay a million dollars to, uh, ask, to tell yourself, five, uh, eight, whatever years ago, I think you said about 2014 is when things started really kicking off. Like if you could go back and tell yourself, um, that version of yourself, one thing, teach yourself one thing that could help save the most heartache, um, over the next, you know, years of your journey, what would that be? Hmm. Wow. That's a great question. Uh, there's a handful of things that keep coming to mind, but what I would just say is probably, um, relationships are the mm -hmm. most pivotal, uh, piece of leveling up. So just do whatever you can to find people that have been there that are already where you want to be and just learn, be with them. Obviously you want to do what they do, but more important than doing what they do, when you can learn to think like they think, mm -hmm. man, the whole world opens up. You see things like that you just never saw before. So um, work to get into relationships with people that are just further ahead. Yep. I love that. Um, getting, getting in touch with people who are where you want to be and then learning how they got there. I mean, it's exactly, um, one of the reasons I started pressing into this podcast was like, I just want to get in front of people that are already where I want to be and just ask them questions. I want to dig in because I want to hear from them, how they got there, what they learned along the way and, um, yeah, what the steps they were, what steps they took to, to get there. So that's really good insight as well. Um, well, awesome. Chris, this was all so helpful. Um, again, an area that I haven't really thought much about or looked much into, and it's just, it's really eye-opening in a lot of ways. Um, if people, uh, heard, if what you said resonated with people, they want to maybe know more about REI Revive or any of the other um, businesses that you're a part of, how can they reach out? How can they get in touch with you? Do you have a website? Yeah. So, so chrisgraddick.com is, uh, um, you, you know, I have some, a reading list on there for anybody that's looking for stuff to read to nice. level up. Um, wholesalinginc.com, wholesalinginc.com forward slash revive. Um, we can dive into your business and see if it's a good fit, if REI Revive is a good fit for you. Um, and then here's the other thing. <clears throat> when I first started, 
anybody I was listening to on podcasts that I really dug their vibe, I, I thought they were people that I want to listen to, I would reach out to. And I couldn't believe how many people actually were willing to hmm. interact with me and dialogue with me. So one of the ways I try to give back is um, I, you know, if, if you DM me on Instagram, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Cradrock, C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K, R-O-C-K, old high school nickname at Cradrock. Um, you know, you can, uh, if you DM me, I try to make sure me personally, not, not one of my staff, um, try to respond to that because people are awesome. so generous with their time with me. That's just one of the ways I want to just give back is, you know, be able, be able to be available to people that are trying to learn and grow. That's awesome, Chris. Thanks for offering that. I, I hope people um, take you up on that. I think that's awesome. Uh, okay, well, great. Again, I, I really appreciate your time today, Chris. This was super helpful. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for digging in with me today. Hey, brother, this was awesome. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right, thanks so much, Chris. Bye-bye. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.